You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. I am your filling host today, Evan, uh, but we're excited to go through uh, an episode. Uh, we're hoping our ladies will be back with us soon, but uh, we're going to rock through anyway. Uh, we're going to start off our show with our grateful moment. Uh, Phil, give us your grateful moment. I am grateful that I came back from New York from a wedding, COVID negative. <laughs> and so I'm happy. But the most important thing is I got to see family and friends um, who I haven't seen for a while. And it was a great part, uh, great time, you know, so I appreciate that. Thank God for that. Kelvin, what are you thinking for? Okay, well, I'm grateful for a whole week, a complete week of good time management. Uh, I've been being terrible and reckless with my time lately. Um, I, I did some things right this way. I'm trying to, this week, and I'm trying to continue the good habits so it can remain a habit. What they say, 30 days or something like that, it changes your behavior. So I'm, co- I'm pushing for my 30 days, so I'm grateful. Uh, we have a, our producer filling in as a host today. Alan, what are you grateful for? Um, I'm actually kind of grateful that I went into the office. I got to see some faces that I haven't seen in almost a year. So it's kind of just good seeing faces that I'm familiar with, as well as the new faces in there. So I'm just grateful that I could be a little bit more social at work. Yeah, 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 yeah. As the world's open back up, that's good news. That's good news. Um, I'm grateful that I got up this morning, got to the gym, got some shots up, did some training. I won the king of the court. Um, so grateful to just kind of go through that that whole motion, get a good workout in, and setting plans for the future. So as we uh, get our episode started, many of us have been watching. Some of us have been sleeping through. Uh, these latest finals, but the finals are going on. And I just want to get a feel. You know, what do y'all think about the finals thus far? Just a quick question: Was uh, was Phil part of that King of the Court, or, or not? no? He he left early. He left Rest early. Okay. He would have been buried at the bottom again. <laughs> no, you know what that happened, but we don't want to talk about my win streak. But it's okay. NBA. I didn't even know there was a finals. No disrespect to this Phoenix Suns, who I deemed last year the best team in the bubble and with the best coach in the bubble. And we should be excited to see that. You know, I, I believe that unless some catastrophic injury occur, the Phoenix Suns is going to win, but it's been a snooze. We, they get, the Bucks are getting their head beaten. You know, the Bucks is like the worst team that don't seem to utilize their advantage. They're bigger and stronger on the inside but they want to play like everybody else. So it's a wrap. It's a wrap. I'll give the Bucks maybe one. Did you have Giannis? One. This is another gentleman's sweep. <laughs> Bill's favorite term, gentleman's sweep. Um, what you think, man? The Bucks offense sucks. Let's just call it what it is. It's trash. Um, and the one thing that I'm starting to realize is Drew and Chris, they're not just really inconsistent just with their play, but there is an inconsistency in how to gel when Giannis is going. 
like it only happens every few games and like really watching like this series it's like okay drew didn't really get up any shots in game one and then you go to game two and they're trying to get uh drew involved and then next thing you know i look at the second quarter i'm like dang he's been getting up shots he's only three of eleven then it's like chris middleton he'll show up probably in the second half when it's too late and it's just like Giannis is just gonna play how he plays and everyone's going a little hard at what Richard Jefferson said, but I kind of understood what he was saying when it comes to Giannis and how he plays, like the way that you utilize him, you have to utilize him in a certain way to where the offense is actually flowing. Um, You can swing the ball and then give it to Giannis. And then all of a sudden Giannis has to pull out, size up a DeAndre Ayton and decide if he's going to pull up or driving to dunk the ball he's not necessarily creating quality looks for other players unless the ball is actually way too deep and so I'm just like as the Bucks, you have to find a way to provide quality looks without Giannis having to stop the flow of the offense just to uh, basically score because he's going to get points in so many different ways anyway so I feel like they need to do that uh, for Phoenix I mean, they're just playing the same type of basketball that they've been playing all year. I mean, Chris Paul, he's showing up. He's realizing he just needs to be more aggressive instead of just being the, the normal facilitator that he is. Devin Booker, he's he's getting himself going. But the role players are really stepping up when they need him. Campaign, uh, Cam Johnson. Uh, I did want to say Tory Craig, but he just got injured. But they have uh, quality players off the bench who have really been tr- contributing. So we're going to see if they can continue that on the road tonight. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, it's a real in-depth analysis there on this series. Um, I think that uh, I agree with Alan's sentiment that the Bucks' offense really is not entertaining. Like, if, if, if you get down to the nitty-gritty of it, the Bucks are not really an entertaining team to watch. Like, at the end of the day, they're not entertaining team to watch. Um, And Phoenix has stars, but none of their stars are elite athletes. So this, this, I think, I think that takes a little bit from the finals. Uh, But at the same time, I thought the series would be a little bit better. I thought the Bucs defense would have been stronger. I thought they would have done some things differently. Um, Maybe you'll get some more life in, um, in Milwaukee on Sunday. Uh, but we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll wait and see what's going to happen. Um, and I'm sure when y'all listening, you know, we'll be recapping. Uh, we, we all have in your mind what what happened. But um, I mean, I think I think I think this may be a sweep. But I but I also think the Bucks may turn around and maybe pull off two wins, maybe. Uh, but it, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard um, because you know Phoenix is is looks looks ready to go. They're motivated. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Giannis, they're going to, they're going to, it's interesting, you know, for the last, to Alan's point, for the last few years, everyone always said, Giannis needs more help. He seems to have the help necessary, but it still seems to be a struggle uh, to really get that team going because Drew has consistently struggled throughout these playoffs. He has these moments, but he's not been uh, what people expected him to be uh, for this team. Um, interesting, interesting side conversation though. Um, 
you know, many people I'm hearing this a lot, like uh, these finals are just so terrible or these playoffs have just been so terrible. Um, and, and, and part of the conversation I kind of feel is interesting because to me, last year's finals wasn't very good either. And the year before that wasn't very good either. I mean, so is, you know, so part of the conversation was the finals out LeBron, but is it really being about LeBron or just the lopsided nature of those makes of the finals? And it seems as if the East incumbent that should go to the finals is consistently not coming up into the finals, which is getting this lopsided result. Like, you know, um, what you call it? Um, the Heat weren't supposed to go to the finals last year. You hope maybe the Bucks, but it looked like, to me, uh, Kelvin and I really, you know, I picked the Sixers, but my in my heart of heart, I knew the Sixers weren't going that deep. Uh, I I thought the Boston had a real good chance to go to the finals. Now I thought that would have been a good finals matchup, Boston versus the Lakers. Um, but that didn't happen. Boston, you know, choked when they played the Heat. Um, and now this year, you expected Brooklyn or Philadelphia. Philadelphia choked against Atlanta. Brooklyn had injuries. Now you have the Bucks in the finals representing the Eastern Conference, and they're just not up to snuff. So is this a matter in you guys' mind of a, a finals without LeBron or a matter of just lopsided finals team, Eastern Conference teams come to the, uh, coming out the East? Well, um, let me say this first, that I agree with everybody and said the championship is a snoozer pretty much. But I really think basketball, you know, you, you think about star power, you know, this we're conditioned to appreciate star power in basketball. So when you look at these finals, you have lackluster, for lack of a better term, star power. Um, in a sense of there's, there's like nobody that makes you just say, wow. You know, it's no wow factor in the finals right now. Giannis is a great athlete, but you see so many holes in his game, and it's nothing to make you say wow. His skill set doesn't make you say wow. When you talk about the LeBron factor, you talk about a, a long, a long career of superstar play. You know, just leaving you at the edge of your seat with athleticism, playmaking. And, and things of that nature. And you talk about uh, Steph Curry just doing things that you've never seen before, you know? So like now when you watch the, the finals, it's like Phoenix and the Bucks. It's just, it's just dry because there's nobody that you just really want to see played, in my opinion. So I feel like the, uh, the lack of star power is the reason why we don't, uh, we don't you know, look at these championships the same as we, we did in championships in the past. You see, I'm going to say this is the issue. There's no villain. Who are you going to hate? Who are you going to hate? You see, last year, last year you could have hate on LeBron's team, right? The year before that, you, you could have hate on, on the Golden State Warriors. Prior to that, it was a, a, a trilogy of <laughs> Cavaliers, LeBron, what team LeBron was on versus, <laughs> versus Golden State, literally for like four or five years. So who are you going to really hate on these two? And I do agree, star power. We do have Chris Paul and Devin Booker on one end. But, you know, who do you look forward to? Funny enough, viewership is up, up some indicate, 15 to 25% from last year, right? To me, it could be that, A, purists 
are like, huh, what I'm looking for. But casual fans are like, oh, we could be part of history and see if one of the first two teams to win in like one forever, a one in over 25 years having won. Yeah, so I'm thinking viewership is like, yeah, we're going to see something new. And also, LeBron is not in there. You know, LeBron is not watching. LeBron is not in there, so I want to see what's happening. I don't have to worry about um, Black Lives Matter. I don't have to worry about anything. I could actually see a basketball game. So I think viewership has gone up with those type of audience. For purists who are looking for a real star power, something to drive us, we don't see it there. So for me, I'm embarrassed to say I fell asleep on on the three games, <laughs> the finals. You know, I watched and I thought I was watching it. It was the team was watching me. I woke up, the game was over, and I had to check and see what was the score. So I don't see any star power. I don't see a, a, a narrative there that really make me root against someone. And I don't see I don't see the star power that drives me in. Yes, I want Chris Paul to win his championship. I'm rooting for him. The banana boat crew. I want him to get his championship and look like he's going to because he's going to give him a generous sweep. The Bucks look like buffoons. And and, and Boonhauser, is it Boonhauser? He got to go. Dude got to go, man. He, <laughs> he got to go. I, I, I'm not saying he can't be a coach, but for that team, he's not doing a good job. So overall, viewership has gone up based upon the ratings. But overall, purists who love basketball doesn't, doesn't really drive us. This is how you know Phil fell asleep on the game because they only played two games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, how I f- two things can be true. Um, when it comes to the East, it's put your hand in the hat, and then whatever whatever you pick up, <laughs> that's who's coming out the East. So when you like we all wanted to at least see like a star like a Philly or if Brooklyn was in it, we would all be engaged because we want to, for one, Brooklyn would have been the villain that everyone would want to see. Cause it's like, okay, I finally got here. Now, now that they're not there, it's like, dang, like who are we going to root against? I mean, some people in essence might be rooting against Giannis, but it's not, there's no real hatred there. It's just something just to feel something. So without the superstars there, it's like, okay, this is new to watch. But in the playoffs, like, even if, even if Ice Trey was in it, like, I feel like he would still be, I don't even really want to call him a villain. I would call him a villain, uh, a villain. What's the word? I can't even get the word out. Um, Anti-hero. That's what the new word. Anti-hero. Uh, that's the, the new word. word. Like for some reason, I've been struggling to say uh, that word. Lately. Villainous. Uh, whatever they call Batman, that B word. Uh, of so, vig- like, vigilante. 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 I don't know why that word just would not come out. It always want to be the V I L instead of the V I G. But um, but yes, he'll be the perfect. He'll be like the perfect one because he'll put your team out of their misery after the the way that they play basketball. That's why I call him a vigilante to me. So I think it's a combination of both um, the lack of star power. And uh, there's just like, you want to see new blood, but at the same time, you just kind of just want a good series. And I feel like if we can just get a good series, like everyone would be satisfied, but it's just like, it starts off good in the first half, 
but the way that a team can either close out before halftime or close out a quarter, the, the game just blows open and now they're trying to fight back. And the, when it seems like they're coming back, then that's it. And it's like, I, I think I'm not interested in this game anymore because four minutes left, you down 12 and you can't stop nobody. I'm done. Yeah, so I think, I think Phil brought up a good point. There's no villain. Uh, I think um, Trey Young would have been good at vigilante. I think Embiid would have been a good villain. And I think Nets would have been the perfect all-around just team to hate. Uh, people be pulling for Phoenix. I think Trey Young also would have brought that underdog mentality out, like they weren't even supposed to be here. So you, you have a storyline. But Giannis, although he is an MVP, and so I, I think Giannis does bring star power. But there's something about Giannis that many fans just struggle to really identify with. Maybe it's Milwaukee. He's not Showtime enough. And, you know, all those factors, I think, uh, play a role. Uh, and then I think to be a villain, you have to have won something, right? I mean, um, or have had players that won something. So, like, even when, when if y'all remember, when the Warriors first started winning, it was like, oh, the Warriors, you know, this is, this is kind of fun. This is exciting watching this, the Splash Brothers, you know. But after they added KD, it was like, yo, I hate the Warriors. After they got a couple of champions, like, yo, I hate the Warriors. After 72 and uh, 70, 70, was it 73 and nine? After 73 and nine, it was like, oh, I hate the Warriors. Uh, but none of these teams bring anything to hate in the series. Uh, there are some people who hate Chris Paul, but even still, it's not enough to hate. Right. And, and what is it about Devin Booker? I mean, Devin Booker should be, I mean, in your mind, Devin Booker should be made for TV basketball. But I think maybe, I'm not saying that Devin Booker is not athletic, but he doesn't have that Kobe level athleticism. He's not putting guys on posters. So although Devin Booker can win a game, he's not like, he scores, but he doesn't like score in a way that makes you go, ooh, ah, like all the time. Um, and so that's 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 interesting uh, dynamic with 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 um, with Phoenix and and Milwaukee. And hey, let's be honest, no one wants to see Chris Milton. No one really wants to watch Drew Drew Holiday. Uh, CP three, even in his younger years, good. He's a great basketball player, but it's not like outside of that dunk on uh, Dwight Howard when he was like a rookie. Like what what highlight level? Like just amazing play. We're not talking about game winners. Game winners are good, but those are only at the end of the game. Has he really done? Maybe a couple of crosses here and there. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it'd be it, it's going to be hard. But anyway, uh, transitioning. Interestingly enough, about CP3, does it seem like the the windows? CP3 is in year sixteen, left college after his sophomore year. Um, does it seem like the window for stars is lengthening in the NBA, considering you know? Charles Barkley was a shell of himself at the end of his career. Average, I think, like 12 points a game. They got injured and it was like, you know, wasn't even worth anymore. Um, I mean, there's so many, so many players that were good, but it's kind of like, ah, he's couldn't really stay with it. Um, Reggie Miller fell off a cliff. But CB3 in year 16 is carrying his team. And I would not say he's not obviously not the sole reason for the team being in the finals, but without CB3, this team is not in the finals. Uh, so do you think the windows for stars is lengthening and should teams start to reevaluate um, at year 32 
well, you know, some teams are worried to give a guy at age 32 a contract because he's going to be a big contract. They're afraid he's going to decline. So teams have to reconsider that. You see, we're, for me, teams need to understand if the person is an athletic person, right? So we know Chris Paul game, he stopped dunking. He stopped, he kept his game basic, meaning min rage and so forth. He's not flying up and down the court, throwing 360 dunks and everything. Him, Stephen Curry, a lot of these guys who are not super athletic, able to jump, but they have kept their games to preserve their knee. Two, whatever Tom Brady is giving all these players or so forth, everybody's drinking the Tom Brady juice. They've beaten up father time. CP3, I think last season or beginning of this season, I think it was um, during the hiatus, him, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron James was working out together. You know, if you've seen um, CP3 drinking special CP juice, so these guys are putting money into their bodies and, 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 and they preserve themselves. Here's the problem. The test subject is the New York Knicks. The Knicks have a history of, <laughs> of purchasing or trading for injury-prone injury um, um, players, such as Antonio Medice, right? Great. And what happened? It fell apart. And this is the story behind the story of one so-called one of the reasons why the, um, James Dolan didn't want Kyrie because he was injury prone. And once um, Kevin Durant got injured. So all be all be known that sports agencies or companies or NBA teams should see based upon the athleticism. Do this person depend upon athleticism to be successful? Point in case, Westbrook. Westbrook solely depend upon athleticism for his game. No, at, after 35, I'm not, after 34, I'm not giving him a contract, right? CP3, mid-range, get to his spot, simple. LeBron, same thing. So a lot of the guys, if you're not dependent upon high-flying, you know, to, uh, on your game, but you're cerebral and able to get to your spots, yes, you should consider it. You know, a lot of those guys are able to <laughs> move forward. So it's interesting you say that, Phil, but I don't like the one system. Go ahead, Alan. Well, yeah, uh, Phil definitely uh, took that whole, <laughs> took the whole, took the whole synopsis and everything. He took, he took Kevin's whole thesis, man. <laughs> dang, man. Crucial conversations spilling out to the show. Right, Kevin, right, Kevin, you're like, so different now. <laughs> like, dang, man, you talking about the ultimate, like. <laughs> Talking about the ultimate uh, fraud and uh, goodness, Phil. But, dang, I, I don't even know what else. I thought I had something else to add to it because, I mean, basically, I look at it like this. A player who is able to play at his own pace and and basically, obviously, not depend on athleticism and plays, like, more, like, mental, it's – you don't have to really worry about, oh, I don't have to – depend on my athleticism to get to my spot on the floor because I determine the pace. Like, I feel like there's not that many people in the league who play at a pace such as Chris Paul. Like I would even say James Harden probably even plays at that pace because you can't really speed him up. He's just going to play at how he plays and however you defend him is just basically him just operating off of you. So I don't think there will be a lot of players moving forward um, considering uh, getting like those max contracts because for one, like 
obviously with father time and sometimes that's when those nicks and knacks of injuries start to build up on you so a little small little ankle sprain can linger <laughs> and the bones are going to be talking so I don't think it's it's going to be a lot of players I think I mean you can probably just throw in Steph and James and it's really it's really hard to determine like I'm like I'm sitting here thinking about it like it's really going to be hard to determine like who plays with a certain type of pace to where they don't solely have to just focus uh off of athleticism but it won't be that many, um, but time will tell. Yeah, I agree with everybody. I pretty much think um, – I need to I'll, say Phil is right. That's it. I'm sorry, Kelvin. Phil is right. We agree. Phil That's is it. right. See, Phil, I was, was going to leave you alone, Phil. I was going to leave you alone. <laughs> I'm not going to let the viewers know how you just throw everything I said to you earlier. <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. This guy, this guy, he will never give me credit. Oh, <laughs> stop it. Bill, you are, you are terrible, Bill, for the record. But listen, I honestly think that these are all isolated situations, too. Um, the points that was that was made earlier, I definitely agree with. But you never you never know. Um, but one thing we, we typically do is go by the data that we have. We know that uh, point guards, even when they lose the athleticism or the athleticism that they had, they tend to decline um, around at 34 uh, 34 year year mark, they seem to decline, especially um, point guards. But when you talk about the wing players that have to guard the superior athletes and have to guard the people that's predominantly scoring, you know, you talk about a little, you talk about retiring a little bit even earlier or declining a little bit earlier than the 34 to 36 range. But you know, like I said, I think they're all isolated events. I, I don't think teams are going to trade change the way they think as far as giving out the money. Because a lot of times the money is given off the potential and not what you've done previously. A lot of times, hence Ben Simmons, when you talk about you get a hundred eighty million dollar contract uh, and you have you have done nothing to warrant one hundred eighty million dollars in your bank account, but because of your potential, because of your age, is the reason why you got paid like that. So in terms of people like I'm thinking about Kyle Lowry, I'm thinking about CP3, I'm thinking about uh, these older point guards right now. I don't think teams, what teams will do if they're going to pay them money, they're going to start doing the LeBron James rule in, in, in terms of you'll get these one-year contracts now. You're not going to get a long-term contract. You might get a get that J.J. Redick. You might you might sneak off with $18 million for one year or something like that or $20, $20 million for one year. But nobody's going to invest in old wills. It's just not going to happen. So I would just, you know, I think teams are playing it smart right now. I don't think they recreate the will because of Chris Paul. And his success right now, I just think Chris Paul is a product of a situation that fits his game perfectly. He have a dominant big man that can move, and he has a wing player that can take the pressure off of him, that can score, and all he had to do is get get that person the ball in his in his uh, scoring in his comfort zone. So I don't think uh, GMs uh, organizations is going to change their mentality because of Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a actually a generational talent, if you want to be honest. So we got to look at it like that. Okay, I think I think you raised some good points. I think you raised some good points. Uh, some things came in my mind as you guys were talking about that, and I think Kevin kind of answered it, but I'm gonna bring it up anyway. I thought about Carmelo after a year after 33, he took a kind of like a, a sharp decline in his game, um, going from a 20 points a game score to 
less than uh, playing about 16 points a game, and he hasn't really ever re- recovered to his form. But I, I do think that, in addition, there is something to be said for CP3 uh, and the type of environment he's in, as Kelvin alluded to. You know, maybe the, the answer to longevity uh, is surrounding guys with talent that they can don't have to be they don't have to take every night on but they can take nights off while playing but still focusing more on facilitating more of the center third i mean lebron has always had since he left cleveland uh, a team around him that allows him not to worry about carrying the whole load even if he carries a lion's share so maybe a a solution because you know some of these stars uh have to do carry too much of a load so that when uh, they get older, they have less of a, a well to draw from because they've exhausted so much energy on, on some of these teams. So, you know, maybe teams start thinking like that. Like I thought, um, and Kevin and I, we talked about this a lot last last offseason. We thought the Sixers should really have made a run for CP3, do what they could to bring him on the roster because he would make Embiid exponentially and Tobias Harris exponentially better. But alas, you know, he ended up in Phoenix, and I think that's where he wanted to go. He wanted to stay on the West Coast, close to L.A. Uh, he got what he wanted, and he's in the finals, and it uh, looks like he's going to uh, pull off pull off the unthinkable. It looked like, you know, he was his career is right off within the sunset, but now it looks like he's going to pull off the unthinkable and win that and potentially win a championship. And the thing about that championship, you know, Lakers fans be kind of annoying sometimes. They 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 like to live in the past, almost like almost like Cowboys fans. They're not like diehard fans like us on the East Coast who deal with struggling franchises, who deal with the cold weather we deal with. You know, inept GMs. You know, Lakers. They they all they know is they're good. Team players come to them. They get the trades all the time. But there's one trade that they tried to get that never really went through. And I remember for a moment it went through, I was getting all these text messages. My Twitter was blowing off all the Lakers fans. They're like, yes, we're about to win the championship. And then the league rescinded it. Thank you, David Cern. God, God rest your soul. And they were all upset talking about how the league hated them. Um, because CP3 trade to the Lakers got blocked. The next year ends up in the Clippers. But do you think, I, I mean, Supposing he goes to the Lakers, and I suppose him going to the Lakers, they would have won a championship or two, maybe even three, but a championship or two. Which championship do you think means more? A championship with CP3 and Kobe Bryant, God, God rest his soul, um, and Pau, not Pau Gasol, but maybe Andrew, Andrew Bynum. Um, or this championship he, he he's potentially about to win with Phoenix. Which championship do you think would have been more significant uh, for CP3? It's funny. I would have think going with the Lakers for the simple fact that him and Kobe Bryant would have won a championship and stuck it to Shaq that he got that fifth one and probably six, at least six, because Kobe and 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 CP3 have the same mindset. I'm going to kill you. We're going to win by any means necessary. We're going to get it down. We're going to make sure we go through. So I think, and and especially the untimely passing of Kobe would have meant so much more at that bond. So I believe that the, the one with the Lakers would have really been cherished more for um, CP3 and the basketball world to be part of that history. I believe they would have got two. Two champion, at least two championships. 
Man, so, so the question is, would they win a championship? I don't know if I heard the question correctly. So, supposing they win a championship. We're assuming they win a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he goes to LA. Which, and, and Lakers, I saw Lakers fans, fans griping uh, recently, just talking about, man, you know, we got robbed. We got robbed. You know, CP3 should already won a championship with the Lakers. Supposing they wouldn't win a championship with the Lakers, and supposing they win a championship now, which championship will be more significant to the legacy of CP3, but also just more significant in terms of uh, just winning a championship? Which which championship would have been more significant in your opinion? I think for his legacy wise, I think the earlier in his career when he was uh, a little bit more dominant in the prime of his career, maybe. Besides the fact you think about winning in L.A., it's always going to be bigger than winning in Phoenix just because the prestige and the spotlight that's on big market teams, especially a team like L.A. So from those two points, I definitely would go with um, him winning with the Lakers. And plus, you get the whole Kobe thing with it. Anything attached to Kobe is bigger than anything that's going to attach with Booker. So I think that um, people will look at if he had that championship with the Lakers they would highlight that more than this potential championship with the Suns. Okay. Okay. Well, I got to agree with everybody, man. Um, But anyways, but yeah, I think it would be definitely better if he was younger. So you're talking about Chris Paul in what year six, seven in his career. Yeah. Something Um, like that. So getting it then, I mean, Chris Paul has always been like a hungry hungry player but now that kind of just builds that a lot more and you're still young so you're talking about year 16 in phoenix and he's made contributions that we probably haven't seen like not on the court to this young core and so like to him it's almost like he's just a big brother in a situation although he's contributing but I just think, as Kelvin alluded to, like you're talking about, it's L.A., like it's it's Los Angeles. Um, you already know what purple and gold means to the city and to all the fans around and then all the L.A. greats. And then next thing you know, they're talking about his uh, his number could potentially be retired in the rafters. That's And that's pretty much the prestige of L.A. So that's why I would say L.A. would be uh, mean a lot more for him. And I and, and just to add a little bit to this, I don't think LeBron even goes to L.A. if Chris Paul went there initially. I don't think we even have a LeBron transition until L.A. at the end of his career if CP3 won a championship there. I think I think we do. I mean, first of all, we see LeBron has no problem teaming up with, with fellow stars. But uh, once again, I really don't think LeBron transition to L.A. was ever really about legacy i mean i think you know um it's nice to add to legacy i think lebron wanted to live in la i don't think he goes to the clippers and i think lebron as you can see is shift his focus not just to the basketball court but also to his post basketball career in the movie industry producing things of that nature so i think i think regardless uh lebron goes to uh la but I did think I had similar thought, but then I thought about like why I think LeBron went to LA uh, when he went, and then I would build upon top of that. I actually think Phoenix championship is more significant 
Uh, and the rationale behind You're crazy. It, Stop the nonsense. <laughs> the ration. First of all, Phil, for the rationale behind it is simply based upon if I think if if he wins the LA, yes, the 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 win is is in terms of fanfare and excitement is bigger. But one, I think it's seen as Kobe shepherding CP3. Um, it's seen, remember how, when we talk about Kobe's championships, right? We oftentimes look at Kobe's championships, the first three as not Shaq's championship, but that Shaq's team and Kobe was a key contributor. Not a key contributor, that's, that's too low. Was the key contributor. But it was Shaq's team. He was the MVP. He was the finals MVP. I think that CB3 would still have to win another championship, another set of championships with the, in the absence of Kobe. I also wonder if CP3 would have extended Kobe's playing career being in LA to the point where, I mean, Kobe may retire a couple years later. Um, I think the reason why this is important is CB3 is not the best scorer on that team, but I do believe CB3 is the best player on Phoenix. He's not, he's not just like winning a championship and being carried across the threshold like T Tim Duncan towards the end. And not to say he was carried because he still played a major role. But it, it, to me, this is CP3's championship in an era of super teams. He's coming through carrying a young team. And, and it's almost like the old model, right? The old model was uh, when Steve Nash went to the Suns, all of a sudden he turns the franchise around. It's almost like CP3 was that missing piece that turned a good team with good players into a championship team because I think this year, this year, the Phoenix Suns were a playoff team without CP3. I think they have figured some things out, but I don't think without CP3, they're a championship caliber team. You're still saying, oh, they need to find a point guard. Oh, they need to do this. Oh, they need to make this change and that change. And so it's, I, I value this championship, this potential championship more than I do in LA. And maybe, it, and I think it's solely based off of, his role as contributor, as opposed to who, which one has more lights on it. You see, only person to agree with you is Phoenix and Chris Paul. Outside of that, <laughs> bro, the law of the Lakers reigns forever. And yes, I understand contributing and so forth. Regardless, CP would have been a champion. He would have been a part of that, that team that won the championship. Because that year, the 2011 team, they lost to Dallas. Ultimately, Dallas ended up winning the championship. With CP on that floor, I think they would have won the championship. And they would have most likely beat um, LeBron James his first year. So that alone would have carried that banner higher. So, yes, I understand the sentimental fact that it's kind of part of his team. Even though people are still indecisive. Who's going to win the MVP? Devin Booker or CP3? Ultimately, they probably would have gave it to, to, to Kobe, but the significance of him being a Laker and carrying that banner, it, look, Derek Fisher, you think of Derek Fisher as a, a Laker, a winner and a champion. How much more would have been CP3? So I just think they would carry more. But then, then, then I, I, think, I think another important piece that we want to overlook and we shouldn't, this is an asterisk season. 
Like it's no, it's no getting around it. Like if anybody that that's that's following basketball, and we watch these playoffs, this is a curse. No, no, it was no season ever with the amount of injury of stars that changed the, the changed the trajectory of what's going to happen in the actual finals. If everybody was just 60 percent healthy, seventy percent healthy, but you got superstars being hurt, and that's going to affect everything we we look at as far as you know how the playoffs would have shaped, shaped out if they weren't hurt. So I, I think looking at that too, to me, is like almost that year that Kyle won when Durant and Klay Thompson didn't play in the finals because of injury. Like, come on, like you didn't play against that. You didn't play against the best. You, you just, you won, but you won by default. So I think like me looking at it, the basketball, you know, as a purist, I'm like, yeah, you won, but everybody was hurt. <laughs> like you, you got to Don't be deterred by Kelvin. Don't be deterred by <laughs> Kelvin because you know if somehow one legged MB won the championship, he would be like, This is the greatest of all no, time. No, how MB with one leg and Ben Simmons hit one three in the oh, championship? Oh, oh. There's no asterisk. No, no, oh, no, 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 that's the difference between you. I would keep it 100. I'd be like, Yo, I'm yeah, happy you keep it 100, all right? 100%. Doc Rivers no. is the best coach. Thibodeau sucks. This is yeah, it. We didn't, we Phil, did. First of all, you you're the only one talking about Thibodeau. You you're the only one talking. We don't talk about Thibodeau. You were talking about Doc and Thibodeau. We don't. We don't talk about, about the Doc Knicks. like that. <laughs> That's what my whole point is. Like I don't like. I still would want the championship, right? I'll still be happy. Well, give but it I'll, back. Yo, we lucked out. We lucked out. I would say we lucked out at the end of the day. So I'm not saying like I would deny it, but you know, the Toronto Raptors lucked out. We all. We anybody going to deny that? No. Like if Brooklyn had their stars. It'd be different if if our if you know if certain teams had their players on the floor this year, Kawhi. You know what I'm saying? I think everything would be a little bit a lot different than would it be like as it is right now. We wouldn't see a Bucks Suns final in a regular NBA season that wasn't that wasn't sped up and wasn't injury stricken. So, will you now? Would you say Anthony Davis championship has an asterisk by it then too? Go go ahead. Explain explain that one for me. Which what Anthony Davis one? The Anthony Davis finals, his, his championship, does that have an asterisk by it too? Why would it have an asterisk? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because they played in a bubble. They played against less significant talent. I mean, the Heat weren't the best team in the, in the East. Team, it was No, 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 no. I, I understand. I get your point now. And, and this is what I'll say to that. I always said, say, I'm on record with these things. I'm like, Phil, I can, I can always support my <laughs> argument. I'm on record with these things and saying, I felt like the bubbles is an asterisk championship as well. Like I'm on record, but I think this one's even worse because we still didn't see the amount of injuries that we've seen this year because of the, because of the sped up season. Um, as we seen, like LeBron pointed out, as we seen in the bubble. So I still like, I, even both of them seasons to me is almost like when they won that NBA lockout season was 50 games. It's not, it's, it's, to me, it's like you won, but, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the same playing field as the rest of the NBA champions. Let me ask this question then, Kevin. Mm-hmm. When was the last legitimate championship? We're talking about the last three championships having asterisks. Mm-hmm. 83, 84 when the Philadelphia won. No. <laughs> so when's the see, last legitimate cha- championship? Because the right, last so three who, championships Toronto, Toronto, this these bubble, this bubble one, I, I didn't respect. This one this year, I didn't respect. The one, the one um the closest one, I guess, was the one that Kyle and the one because, you know what I'm saying, that they, that was one series that, you know, 
the injury bug hit. So it wasn't the same thing as like a bunch of stars getting hurt. So I would say Kyle and the one is probably the most legit one out of the last the, the three that I named. No, that's that's fair. That's the most legit one, but I still think it's asterisk by the championship. So I'm gonna yeah. say something, and I, I, this I, I said the last legitimate championship in my mind that I walk away saying that was a that was a real championship was when LeBron upset the Warriors. Oh, that was epic. But see, that's what I'm saying. You seen everybody playing like top level basketball, yo. That's that's what I miss as a like I I miss the best players. Playing the peak of their performances all at the same time, like when that's that's what you got from that horn, that uh that uh Golden State and LeBron at Cleveland Cavaliers when Kyrie was at his top, Steph was at his top, Clay was at his top, Brown was at his top, Iguodala, like all the players was playing at a high level. Now we got players that's not that good. Like <laughs> you have the best player on the floor is Giannis on the Bucks, and he don't have no skill set, man. Like it's just like it is so it is the. The basketball level, the talent, the, the level of quality of basketball has dropped so much from the finals those that year that you're talking about. That's I mean, as still, a force, it's tough to lock. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. To, to be fair, to be fair, uh, I'll say why I think that's the last legitimate championship. Because I, I just have a hard time respecting the Warriors championship when they already were a super squad and they had another MVP to the team. So I have a hard time just, like, celebrating, embracing that. It's like, ah, I mean – there's a level of quality to that championship that isn't there because who they really have to beat. It's like, it's like being the dream team in 1992 sometimes. You see, and, and I disagree with that. Remember Carl Malone and who else is Carl Malone? Gary Payton. Gary Payton, Kobe, Shaq, and what, Robert Ori, boo. Um, <laughs> and this, you still have to play the game, right? To me, every... Whoever showed up, showed up, and they played. It would be one thing if it was like a TKO or, or somebody, this, this team didn't show up. They showed up, and you got to win. So to me, every championship is legit. 99 was legit to me because if the Knicks had won that lock, lockout season, I would have taunted, happy, we won. So it, it can't be, uh, you know, one for the other for me. All That's your bias play. talking, though, because it's the Knicks. So, it's your bias talking. Regardless, I'm, I'm going to accept everyone. I'm going to accept. They play. Did they play? Yes. Did they have ref? Yes. Phil. Did they have 10 players on the floor? Yes. Did the ball? They use a. a, a no, no, no. That's ridiculous. Spalling basketball. Yes. Did that's ridiculous. Play? Yes. It is what it is. That's ridiculous. That's so that's like, that's like Kobe. That's like the Lakers, right? That's like the Lakers. And I'm, I'm going to leave it alone at this. Without mm-hmm. without Shaq and Kobe playing in the finals, is that the same Lakers team? No, they but guess what? Did the whistle is it just is it considered a finals? Yes. Was the referees? Did they have three referees there? Yes. Did they have a, a legitimate NBA basketball on the court? So, yes. So you're not gonna be serious. You're not gonna authentic be serious. Authentic right NBA. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but they played I, the game. I will say with every finals, the there are these questions, right? I mean, just be, uh, even if we're talking about the finals, we said 2016. You had Draymond Green get suspended for kicking someone in the nuts. And then the series kind of gets extended, goes to seven. Um, there are people who put an asterisk by that championship, the, the Spurs one, because uh, Amari Starmer got suspended for walking off the bench. Right. So, I mean, I, this is an exciting championship, but I think anyone can make an argument for asterisk championships. But I think Kelvin does make up. I'm not saying Kelvin's point is wrong. I'm just saying that I think it's wrong. <laughs> think there's there's controversy around a lot of championship teams 
dudes, it's orange. Oh, oh man, this kind of, I love this topic, but it's oranges and apples, man. I'm talking about 12 superstars, NBA stars, <laughs> feature players being hurt in one season in the playoffs, dude. Like, you can't name another time that that happened. I it's agree. Not the same thing. You talk about I one saw... game like, getting hurt compared to 12 people. Be, is that stars, all stars getting hurt? Like it's, I said, NBA thing. official basketball was on the court. Three referees were there. Ten players showed up and play. It was televised and recorded in the books. Hey, hey Kelvin, if, if uh, the WNBA championship featured uh, the winning for the women's championship, the women's for the men's championship, Phil says they played. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It was a road championship. Exactly. With that, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let us know what your thoughts are about about this topic. Drop it in our comment section on our on our social media account or uh, give us feedback via um, our, our podcast studio. We out. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.